Island. It is 11.30 here at KRBN, which means it is time for Midday. Tyler Cavalli along with you, and we're glad to be a part of your Wednesday here on this final day of September, wherever you may be listening. Jason Jorgensen will join us with sports here in just a moment. Of course, we'll catch up with Clay Patton. Market report coming up here in just a few moments. But as always, we have to start with the Farm Department as our own Susan Littlefield will give us a preview of what's to come. Well, thanks so much, Tyler. Here's what's happening on the midday from the farm team. Alex is going to kick everything off at 1219 as she talks about the partnership between LPS and Kasner. Then at 1245, she'll be talking about the barn market to be held an extra weekend. And we know it's definitely been dry out there. A lot of concerns as winter wheat goes in the ground. Shabella Guzman will look more at that at 117. That's a midday from the farm team. Thank you very much, Susan. Uh, let's turn it over to sports. Uh, tell you what, if you're a big baseball fan, yeah. boy, it's like Christmas here in September. First time they've ever had eight games in one day. Already got one going on yeah. right now. No yeah. score. But, boy, this is fun times. About the Minnesota Twins losing yesterday, 17 straight playoff losses. I guess I knew that stat and had forgotten it before. Of course, they rectified it, brought that back up last night. And I'm like, eee. Well, <laughs> they got out to a one nothing lead. They're playing pretty well. But then when you walk guys in with the bases loaded, you know, you probably don't deserve to win the ball. Uh, 2004. I mean, they've had some players and they've had some teams. I know there were some matchups there when they took on the Yankees and they right. were the underdog, but still, 17 straight times you lose in the postseason. You would think you would at least get one win. Like you mentioned, they had players like Joe Maurer, who obviously uh, a terrific player for the Twins and other pitchers and stuff, but boy, and that one just hurts because you know the Astros are going to bring their A game again today and they may get this week. Yeah, they might. So uh, we'll give everyone an update on that. Huskers putting on pads for the first time since last fall. Mm. Uh, they had a nice press conference yesterday. Some social distancing was going on. We'll uh, hear from one of the Huskers, JoJo Doman, about there even being a season. And, boy, what a roller coaster it's been for the kids and the players and coaches. But it looks okay right now. They're trying to pull that off. I think so. Uh, and, again, we have some of those videos as well that can be on uh, krvn.com or our YouTube page. Do a terrific job with that as well. And uh, Titans and Steelers, probably that game is not going to happen on Sunday. They're now maybe Tuesday or Wednesday trying to play that, which is fine, but then that gets you behind for the next week. But right. that's, hey, that's that's what we're in in 2020. I'm surprised and uh, thankful that it only took uh, that it took this long to get through three full weeks and, and no COVID. It really surprises me because they're not planning a bubble. I mean, these guys are traveling across the country and doing whatever they do uh, before the ball games, so... At least there's only one player, which I was kind of surprised at, that uh, Tennessee had to worry about. So uh, we'll keep everyone dated on that. And the Tri-City Storm, uh, they've announced mm-hmm. their schedule. Well, so hockey will be coming up in Kearney. And it looks like it's a full schedule, yeah, too. Yeah, it is. All right, very good. Uh, let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. I know you have been uh, extremely busy with uh, the... The trial just down the street, but uh, what do you have for the business report for us today? Wall Street is rallying today. There's some hope that... Uh, that there will be a stimulus package. Uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin is going to talk with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi about a uh, possible stimulus deal this afternoon, so the market is rallying on hopes of that. Also, the U.S. economy plunged in the spring, but it's poised to to break a record for an increase in the just-ending July-September quarter. Also, more Americans signed contracts to buy homes in August. Uh, suggesting that the uh, hot U.S. housing market will continue well into the fall. So lots of homes flying off the shelves, 
off the blocks and uh, going to people who need them. All right, thank you. It is time for Regional Ag Weather, brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation, your Rinky dealer. Tyler Kobali and Scott Foster back here in the studio along with you. And thanks for making this a, a part of your day here on this final day of September. Boy, tell you what, Scott, this, this month, late 2020, has just been wonky in terms of weather. It was cool, then it was hot. Actually, let's, let's back up. It was cool, snow, then it was hot, and now we're starting to feel, uh, I guess, more seasonal, like temperatures. Well, I think we, I think it's fair to say that 2020's been wonky. Period. Uh, not just it's not just the weather. <laughs> Let's just don't single out the weather here. But uh, hey, and by the way, how about this? Uh, what is this? It's a octangular triple header. We or octangular header we have going for on baseball. Today? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I we were talking about it earlier uh, on the roundtable, mentioning that uh, of course there's eight games today and uh, postseason first time ever. Mm-hmm. Of course, you are donning your uh, San Diego Padres uh, uniform. Not yes, uniform. Not the uniform. This is my business outfit, my uh, Padres business outfit. But right, rightfully so. First time you've made it since the 80s? Not that far, but it <laughs> has been 14 years, and they've only, I think they've only, in 51 years of existence, because we're the same age. The Padres and ah, I oh, were wow, the same. Okay. We were born the same year. Uh, I think they've only made the playoffs like uh, five times. And it feels like each time they have made it recently, you play the Cardinals and you I lose know. to the Cardinals. Yep, zero and three against the Cardinals. We'll see if uh, can get better luck today. Uh, speaking of better luck, what will temperatures look like? I know a little cooler today. Yeah, we're going to cool off. A cold front will swing through the region this morning, turning out uh, west winds to w- turning the west winds, I should say, to northwesterly. Should result in most places being on average around ten degrees cooler than yesterday. In addition, the wind will be a little bit. More more gusty uh, winds mixed down to the surface, which will, uh, with some strong mixing behind that cold front, and consequently, because of that, fire danger will once again be at least near critical and could even reach critical levels in some spotty locations. Now, because it's kind of spotty, there has not been a red flag warning uh, issued yet. However, one may still be required this afternoon, depending on how the day evolves. So we'll keep an eye on that. Now, Thursday through Sunday, uh, we will be in a cool and dry pattern with northerly to northwesterly flow aloft, reinforcing the uh, cooler dry air. The forecast models have been flipping back and forth, possibly hinting at a slight chance for light rain Friday night because I'm doing the game outside on a table. But the chance in the... (laughs) In the uh, latest model, blend is less than 15%. If we do see rain Friday night, it will likely be rather isolated and very minor amounts. Highs will range from the upper 50s to the 60s and will average around 10 degrees below normal. Let's move ahead just a little bit. Monday and Tuesday, we expect a warming trend early next week back into the 70s as an upper ridge will build across the western United States and expand east into the high plains this time. Now let's take a look at some ag weather here. Generally favorable conditions for the row crop harvest for the next seven days. Moderate amount of rain for the Great Lakes in northeast causing some possible harvest delays and dry conditions affecting winter wheat planting in the U.S. southern plains and the Black Sea region are key weather items for the commodity trade's attention on Wednesday. In the Midwest, United States frontal boundary brought some rain last few days and caused some a few harvest delays for corn and soybeans along with winter wheat planting. The small percentage of wheat already in the ground will benefit from the increased topsoil moisture and uh, the ag 
Weather forecast calls for temperatures to fall significantly, leading to frost potential across the northern uh, parts of the United States through Saturday, Thursday through Saturday mornings, and this may cause some rapid maturation of crops across the region. Again, we're not expecting, Tyler, this to be a major freeze situation, but it should. we should see temperatures get down into the 30s and possibly below freezing. Not going to be a hard freeze, but it uh, will get the attention of widespread frost, it looks like, on Friday morning. Which I suppose really shouldn't be all that surprising. No. We're, we're in October now. Yeah, and this today. is the time, usually the first, the on average, that the first freeze happens that first week of October. Mm, okay, very good. Uh, at least we're not talking right now, uh, knock on wood, we're not mm-hmm. talking about that four-letter word. No, we're not, we're not, no mention of that. Okay. All right, we got that maybe out of the way uh, early on in uh, September, at least. Maybe, yeah. We, <laughs> at <laughs> least until maybe when it's a... Uh, if there's ever a time where it's more welcomed, but more right. seasonal, I we we could see some show up in the Rockies. Um, okay. But again, you know, gosh, it'd be great in the West because they need the rain. That is no joke. Now, very good. Uh, for more weather, where can you find that at? You can sure go to krvn.com. Thank you very much. District. Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network, and today we're joined on the phone by IANR Vice President and Vice Chancellor Mike Bame. And Mike, we recently heard about a new partnership between Lincoln Public Schools and also IANR's College of Ag Sciences and Natural Resources. Tell us a little bit more about this partnership. Yeah, this partnership with Lincoln Public Schools and the College of Ag Sciences and Natural Resources really is special. Uh, this is a partnership called the Early College and Career STEM Program. We had a, a nice event at Lincoln Northeast High School where we announced the program. That's where the program will be located. And it really is a truly unique program. It's one of the first of its kind anywhere. Uh, essentially, all ninth and 10th grade students at Northeast High School will learn about concepts related to food, energy, water, and their interaction with society. So we call it uh, Food, Energy, Water, and Societal Systems, or FUSE for short. And they'll do this in their, they'll learn about these complex systems in their regular math and science classes. So then in the 11th and 12th grade, depending on um, whether or not the student is interested in launching a career and joining the workforce upon graduation, or perhaps they're interested in um, taking a look at uh, college, and that could be a two-year program, a four-year program. But the idea is, depending on which level they'd like to go, they can start to engage college-level curriculum, whether that's for a high-quality certificate that might give them a competitive edge in our skilled workforce needs, or they might actually get that jump on their early college credits. Well, Mike, it sounds like a great opportunity to teach about ag education and ag literacy, but tell us about this decision, I guess, to structure a program around ag and natural resources right in the middle of Lincoln. You know, Lincoln, Nebraska, writ large, we are right in the in the crosshairs. We're in the center of everything when it comes to uh, feeding, fueling, fibering, a growing world. I think there were some great foundational pieces for us to build on, and this seemed like the next natural extension um, with Lincoln Public Schools. And of course, couldn't, couldn't have done this without the creativity and innovation and entrepreneurial spirit of the uh, 
team that leads Lincoln Public Schools. And I'd say then kind of back over to Nebraska, you know, we talk about the impact of agriculture. One in four jobs in Nebraska is related to agriculture and natural resources. And then as the world population grows, the ag industry will need, the U.S. ag industry will need, by most um, conservatives, estimates, we'll need to increase our production of of food by 40%, while at the same time reducing our environmental footprint by nearly nearly half over the next 30 years. You know, agriculture jobs, they're not going away. Um, They're becoming even more important to our region, to our state, to the world. This program is for any student interested in food, energy, water, and societal Systems. It's not just for the, the top 10%. It's not just for those that are sure they already want to go to, to college. Um, this is for all students who are interested or maybe they're not even aware about what agriculture looks like. All right. Thanks so much, Mike. Mike Bame joining us. He's the IANR vice president and vice chancellor talking about the partnership between Lincoln Public Schools and the College of Ag Sciences and Natural Resources. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for Midday Sports. Jason Jorgensen joining us now. And again, what a, a wonderful time if you're a fan of Major League Baseball. I've always liked these afternoon games. I never figured that we'd see uh, eight games in one day, but that's, then hey, we never thought a lot of things mm. before this year. I'm not complaining. No. Uh, Houston, Minnesota, that's a you know, scoreless game right now in that one. And I think, yes, yeah, Cincinnati and Atlanta, they're scoreless through five. So early baseball going on. Uh, the last game of the night has the Dodgers hosting the Brewers. Now, the Twins, they're trying to stop a 17-game postseason losing streak, the longest in the history of major North American sports. Uh, They've not won a game of the postseason since 2004. We discussed this last hour, but it is extremely surprising. So they're getting swept, and these were, I believe, four-game series before. Sometimes five. I'm sorry, five-game yeah. series. Yes, I'm sorry. So, so either way, you're losing 3-3-3-3-3. Three, 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 three. For a long time. <laughs> <laughs> It'll certainly be a different kind of season when the Big Ten gets rolling in three weeks. Nebraska defensive coordinator Eric Chenander says it'll be up to the Huskers to bring their own energy to the games. We're going to go in, in Memorial Stadium, and there's going to be, you know, whatever they let us have, zero to 500 people. I don't even know what, what the numbers are going to be, but it's going to be kind of, you know, bring your own juice a little bit bring your own energy yeah, yeah. um so so we need to get that going now our, our guys are not just our guys the whole conference they're not going to be used to playing in front of an empty stadium in the big 10 especially at nebraska and there's always a lot of juice coming from the stands there's not going to be so we're gonna have to bring our own a little bit that might equal things out a little bit and i don't know if that's worth four touchdowns in columbus but uh you know, it can't, it can't hurt. The Husk- worth, worth a try. Yes. The, the Huskers are scheduled to put on pads today for the first time since last fall. Pittsburgh-Tennessee NFL game will be played either Monday or Tuesday due to the positive coronavirus tests amongst the uh, Titans. The NFL made that announcement today. Both the Titans and Steelers are 3-0 and among the NFL's seven undefeated teams. So if they can find a way, they'd love to play that one. 
Tri-City Storm, in conjunction with the USHL, they've announced their regular season schedule. The schedule will consist of 54 games, beginning with a road matchup against Des Moines on Friday, November 6th. Tri-City will host the Lincoln Stars in its home opener on Saturday, November 14th. And the NBA Finals get started tonight. Lakers against the Heat. All right, resident NBA expert. You know... This should not be a surprise if you're uh, on the west side, the Lakers making it now the Heat. I-, I don't know how many people could have guessed that they would make the NBA Finals. They're a young team, rel- relatively young. So uh, the Lakers should win. Uh, they have two of the best players in the league right now, so there's no reason they should lose. But I think it goes six. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, no one figured that Miami would take care of Milwaukee the mm-hmm. way they did. Mm-hmm. Look good against the Celtics. So a little bit of intrigue in the NBA Finals. Should be good. Uh, real quick, did I see, uh, just going back to the Huskers, that only family and I think like a certain amount of friends can go to the game? That's Mostly just family? Yeah, okay. immediate family. So immediate family, okay. You see the games, the home games, don't be surprised to say, hey, who's that? How'd they get in there? Well, <laughs> right. they're, they're related. Okay, and that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Although you wonder how many people will claim now to be related. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. How do you know for yeah, sure? I don't know. All of a sudden, Adrian Martinez might have about 500 cousins <laughs> in the state of Nebraska. Of course he does. <laughs> That's sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. Thank you very much. Time for midday news, and that means Ellen Simmons has now stepped in. And Ellen, it sounds like another busy day at the uh, Bailey Boswell trial that's happening just down the road here in Lexington. Yeah, so Dave gave us two updates for um, this afternoon. Two FBI agents testified late this morning in the Bailey Boswell murder trial. Here's Dave with more. Agent Dana Krieger of the Kansas City Field Office described services and searches executed on a Branson motel room shortly after Bailey Boswell and Aubrey Trail's arrest there. Searches were also conducted on a car the couple were traveling in and items seized on their persons. Nebraska FBI agent Michael Maseth said investigators and prosecutors were meeting in the days just before the pair's arrest in Branson. The jury reviewed two Facebook videos created by Boswell where she proclaimed her innocence. The jury also reviewed the two Facebook videos, and uh, here's Dave on those as well. In one video, she was in a vehicle with a dark-colored hood over her head and large sunglasses. Boswell said she didn't have anything to do with disappearance and described Loof as a sweet, amazing girl. In another brief video, It showed Boswell's left shoulder and arm, both covered in tattoos. Following the showing of both videos, Boswell was looking down at the defense table. I'm Dave Schroeder reporting. Authorities in the northeastern Nebraska town of Pierce officers were attacked and assaulted as they tried to arrest a man and a dog involved in the attack was shot and later euthanized. The Norfolk Daily News reports that police on Tuesday morning went to the home of a 30-year-old man after receiving reports of a man breaking into homes and pounding on doors. Pierce County Attorney Ted Lorberg says officers saw the man pounding on vehicles and trying to get into a home. Lorberg says one of the man's dogs attacked an officer and the suspect assaulted another officer. Omaha police plan an internal investigation after a man shot himself inside the Douglas County Jail. The Omaha World Herald reports that 22-year-old Brandon Jennings is hospitalized in critical condition. 
Police say it's unclear how Jennings concealed the small gun used in the shooting. Jennings was arrested Sunday on suspicion of domestic assault and carjacking. Police say Jennings allegedly approached a woman, reportedly his girlfriend, as she dropped off her child at a babysitter's home. Police say Jennings assaulted the woman and took her vehicle. He was later arrested and taken to the jail where he allegedly threatened jail personnel before shooting himself. Citing concerns with public gatherings and the ongoing COVID-19 situation, the Nebraska Rural Radio Association announced it has postponed its November annual membership meeting until early in 2021. Nebraska Rural Radio Association CEO Tim Marshall. We want to continue to be cautious. Our board of directors made the decision at our recent quarterly meeting, and actually we've been conducting our quarterly board meetings via conference call since March. According to NRA board president Ben Steffen, safety is of the utmost importance for the organization. Steffen says the first priority is everyone's health. He also says the organization will provide an update when a new date has been determined. Well, you can find more news at krvn.com. Thank you very much, Ellen. It was recently announced that shoppers and vendors alike will now have another opportunity to get to shop around and sell their products near Hastings, Nebraska. And today we're joined by Marla Anders. She is the mastermind behind the Barn Festival that happens just outside of Hastings. Marla, let's back up for a minute because first, back last year, you guys announced that after 25 years, you were no longer going to host the Barn Festival to focus on your husband's health. And then back in early spring, we visited with you when you decided you were going to launch a condensed version of the festival and you were calling it the Barn Market. And that was to be held one weekend only. But now shoppers and vendors have another opportunity this coming weekend to go out and about and get some fresh air and look at some local products. So, Marla, tell us what you've got going on this coming weekend. We were hoping when we announced that last fall, we actually were you know, starting to plan the next chapter of our lives, which was just to kind of slow down a little bit and uh, he, get Brian healed up, you know, because he was battling cancer. But there were some complications, you know, and um, he passed away in March. And uh, and then the pandemic hit immediately after that, like within days, because we actually had to cancel our celebration service even and have that later in the summer. But you know, I started hearing from our vendors and, you know, it became very, very apparent that, wow, this is a huge impact on our vendors. The, the people that have become, you know, friends out here and family are barn vendors. And I thought, gosh, if I'm sitting on all of this property come September and I could actually help these people out by having another event why not do that and so I kind of got the thought of doing it as a barn market I wanted to rename it because it's it's a different thought so what I'm doing this time around is I'm feeling both sides of the road with pop-up vendors and we've never done that before in all of the 25 years that we've been doing the barn festival it was just a different structure, but kind of the same because, you know, I still have so many of the same vendors. Like, I would say at least 80% of the 
vendors out here are our vendors who have been with us in the past. And so we've got a good amount of brand new vendors. So anyhow, this went so well this last weekend. It was absolutely amazing. And I mean, I, I just was blown away. And our vendors were blown away because we were having, everyone was having record-breaking sales. And we had an amazing crowd. And, you know, I had this thought, well, why not do this one more weekend? And when I started asking around some of my bigger vendors who are taking up complete buildings and, you know, and just some that are over in the warehouse area, everyone said yes. And so with a few exceptions, there are some vendors who had to pull out because they had obligations for this coming weekend. So, you know, which was kind of sad for us to see, but yet... I've been on the phone <laughs> kind of nonstop yesterday and we'll probably finish that out today, but I have some really awesome vendors coming for this weekend that weren't here last weekend. And I can tell you a little bit about them if you'd like. Yes, let's do that. Give us a preview of what folks can see if they decide to come out this weekend. Well, I have felt that we were a little bit short on gourmet food product. And so that was kind of my focus. Well, so what happened is I ended up getting a hold of two of the most popular gourmet food vendors that do shows like this all across the nation, and they're going to come here. And so I'm super excited about those two vendors. They're going to be taking up substantial space in the warehouse along with, gosh, I have a brand new um, gal, a gal who's doing wood, you know, just kind of the wood product, home decor stuff. But we're super excited because it's going to be a beautiful weekend. It is. Okay, Marla, so for people who maybe weren't able to make it out last weekend, or are planning to come out this weekend to find something new, what are some important things that they need to know? Well, because, you know, this was so, like, last minute, um, I'm still working on things, but my thought is let's just do the shuttle service to and from the fairgrounds on Saturday because that's our busy day. That's when it's crazy busy, and I think it's approximately every half hour. It seemed to work really well. Otherwise... I think everything will be pretty much the same. We'll still have the watering hole open. You know, we have been working with the health department over all of this. And so we do encourage people to do the social distancing. And I felt like our customers did a really good job in that department. And we encourage people to wear masks, but we aren't requiring it. And, you know, we're just, we're just wanting to really be conscientious of all of that, too. And so we have hand sanitizer throughout. I have all of my vendors who are offering it at their spaces. And I have some hand sanitizer stations that are placed around. All right. Awesome information. Thanks so much, Marla, for joining us. Marla Anders, she is the owner of the Barn Festival that happens near Hastings, Nebraska, as they are going to have a second weekend of the Barn Market that's going to happen. It starts on Friday, October 2nd and runs through the 4th. You can buy your ticket online at barnfestival.yapsity.com. 
And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things that are happening, you can follow them on Facebook. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Bureau. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Wall Street is rallying on rising hopes that Washington might pierce through its paralyzing partisanship to offer more aid for the economy. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin said at a conference that he will talk with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi about a potential stimulus deal this afternoon. The S&P 500 was up 1% in early trading. After setting a record early this month, the index has been mostly tumbling on a wide range of worries. It's still on pace for a 3.7% drop in September. That would be its first monthly loss since March. The U.S. economy plunged at a record rate in the spring, but is poised to break a record for an increase in the just-ending July-September quarter. The Commerce Department reports that the gross domestic product, the economy's total output of goods and services, fell at a rate of 31.4% in the April-June quarter. The government's final look at the second quarter showed a decline that was almost four times larger than the previous record, a fall of 10% in the first quarter of 1958 when Dwight Eisenhower was president. Most Americans signed contracts to buy homes in August, suggesting the hot U.S. housing market will continue well into the fall. The National Association of Realtors says its index of pending sales rose 8.8% to a record high of 1328 Ford is recalling more than 700,000 vehicles in North America because the backup cameras can show distorted images or suddenly go dark. The recall covers most 2020 versions of Ford's F-Series trucks, as well as the 2020 Explorer, Mustang, Transit, Expedition, Escape, Ranger, and Edge. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. USDA wheat crop progress report for the week ending September 28th has the panhandle reporting 90 to 99 percent of planting completed for dryland wheat and about 60 percent in irrigated. Of the planted wheat in the northern panhandle, about 50 percent has emerged. In the southern area, only about 10 to 20 percent has emerged. Cody Creech, dryland cropping specialist at the UNL Panhandle Research and Extension Center, says the moisture in the first part of September really helped, but since then it's been dry. Well, for a lot of growers, it's it's uh, a challenging time with the moisture because a lot of that moisture is a little bit deeper, and so for a lot of growers, they that's either they need to plant deeper to uh, try to chase that moisture, or they plant shallower and hope that they get some rain to 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 get that weed up. Overall, we were fortunate that a few weeks ago we got a little bit of of, of moisture, which has really been helpful for the wheat uh, that's been planted recently. So. You know, across the region, a lot of that wheat that was planted a week or two ago has actually started to come up because of that that small amount of moisture that which we received. But if a grower still hasn't been able to get their wheat in at this point, uh, they're going to be looking to uh, having to check that moisture out there. To- Creech says if a grower decides to plant deeper, there are some risks involved. You can plant shallow and hope for a rainstorm to come along too because if you plant too, uh, too deep, uh, you're going to... Uh, reduce your final stand a little bit and so uh, some wheat is uh, better to plant deep than others uh, there's some wheat that has a, lo- a, a much longer uh, coleoptile which is uh, helpful for that 
new new uh, seedling to get up out of the ground. And so if a grower does want to plant deeper, they uh, usually you can plant two and a half inches without uh, having to use a long coleoptile wheat. You get down to three inches, you start to get to an area where switching over to a longer coleoptile wheat might be more important. But generally going beyond three inches, uh, it can uh, uh, that level of risk goes up substantially. With the dry conditions, Creech says producers also consider planting their wheat shallow. You can plant shallow and hope for a rainstorm to come along to uh, provide that moisture. However, when we're shallow, that leaves that wheat plant a little more exposed to the freezing temperatures throughout the winter. And you're going to have a little bit higher chance of having winter kill out there. So uh, there's a lot of balance that needs to go into it. I I guess the shallowest I would ever plant would probably be an inch. And that's extremely risky. I would like to see it at least inch and a half would probably be a, a safer bet. And again, I think that rainstorm that we had a few weeks ago was was just a, such a blessing to us. Um, it really changed the conditions for a lot of growers and allowed a lot of that wheat to, to, to get started. Creech says he has heard from some certified wheat seed dealers, and they are seeing an increase of sales. He says this is good, as we could be heading into a drier weather period. Adjusting our crop rotations to include wheat, which is a very water use efficient crop is is a very important so it's good to see that growers are making that shift in their crop rotations because as we move into this dry spell we're going to want to have those water use efficient crops out there and so wheat will play a very important role um, as we move forward into this drought as long as it lasts the southwest and central region is currently 80 to 90 percent complete with wheat planting. Soil moisture is spotty across the region due to a lack of rain and producers are predicting 5 to 10 percent of the crop may not emerge. Producers in the southeast region report about 20 percent of the wheat crop is planted. And there are still soybean fields that need to be harvested before the drills go in. The U.S. Drought Monitor has wheat regions in Nebraska in drought to severe drought. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Play Pat on the Rural Radio Network as we look at the closing grain futures with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. John, a sharply higher close here uh, across the board on all grains following USDA quarterly stocks report. Was the number that surprising to you? Well, you know, if you heard me yesterday or today, you know, I, I would say I was expecting the USDA maybe to do something like this, and this is very reminiscent of what they did in, t- in 2011. Uh, they did this last spring, and they've done it a couple more times. I can't recall the days where they just kind of go backdate and change things, and that's what happened. So everybody was barking all year long. The crop a year ago was smaller than they said. They were right. So they dropped almost two bushels of the acre. Or you could look at it, the demand was a little bit better. But I, I think it comes from the supply side in the near term. Feed prices, yes, are higher, but I just don't see the exports and the uh, and the ethanol numbers that would equate towards this kind of disappearance. So just rec- remember this down the road. These quarterly numbers are, are kind of the wild card play. I think the WASD coming up won't provide this kind of surprise because I just don't think the USD is going to change in the short run. But, um, you know, my same advice would have, would have I've been telling folks 20 cents ago that you need to start looking at selling, and that was, you know, premature. And so I still, still feel the same way. I think 380 here is little bit of a gift. I don't think we'll see much above it, just due to the fact that gasoline prices are still pretty weak. Looking here, we are at the end of the month, end of the quarter. With the data that's out there now, does this change fund positioning any, and do they want to be more aggressive on the long side? Well, it certainly gives them a little more anticipation that we need acres. 
Now, again, I'm still on demand a little bit. Uh, I'm a little bearish. I just don't think, you know, ethanol demand is going to be 5.1 billion bushels or whatever they've got it here. I think it's closer to 4.6. So, you know, they could simply re rejigger the numbers down the road uh, to, to adjust demand here. And that, that can happen, especially as prices rally. So, you know, March corn here, you might get a chance at $4. Uh, I doubt we get much above that in the March in the short run, but the next leg here is going to come on South American weather, both on the corn and the beans. Beans specifically, it's dry right now, you know, for that first crop beans they're planting, kind of Mato Grasso. So we'll monitor that going forward. If the rains miss in the middle part of October, then, then you could be talking 1060, 1080, but I don't think we get there without a problem. And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago, and publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. You can learn more at danielsagmarketing.com. But do remember, trading futures and options involve risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Again, John's daily newsletter called This Week in Grain and giving up updates, also sending out midday updates with that, breaking down what happened in the report and more. Uh, so that again, John Payne. Of course, you can catch his commentary every day as a podcast by visiting ruralradio.com, clicking on the podcast tab. Thank you very much, Clay. That will wrap up this Wednesday edition of Midday. If you miss anything or want to go back and listen to any of our interview segments, you can listen to our Midday podcast sponsored by Devenny Motors. That can be heard on iTunes or KRVN.com.